You are welcome to teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye or IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be at the fire. The word works. Praise God. All right, I'm going to be sharing with you the power of thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. You know, I had a very interesting Sunday morning. I had already I had this um, attire, this suit I wanted to wear. I'd been thinking all week about how I was going to look good in this suit. All right. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You have this dress you want to wear. You're already putting your mind you're going to wear this dress. Then when it's time to now wear the dress, you, you now wear it that something is wrong. Then you cannot wear the dress. <laughs> oh, boy. <coughs> so, power of thanksgiving. Turn your Bible with me, First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Thanksgiving is very, very important. Thanksgiving is more than singing a song, though singing a song, all right, can be you giving thanks in a melody. But Thanksgiving is a culture, it's a way of life. It's also a perspective, all right? Um, now, look at First Thessalonians chapter 5, 18. Everybody read one to go. Same scripture for today. It says what? In everything, give thanks, for this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus, what? Concerning you. Look how he says it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, notice. Thanksgiving is the response of the believer to all God has done in Christ. All God is doing in Christ, all right? And all God will yet do for his glory. All right? So, Thanksgiving is our response to what God has done. Hallelujah. You know, so um, one of the signs of short-sightedness or not being able to, not having full comprehension of what God has done is that you find it difficult to actually say thank you. Not being able to say thank you means that you have not yet come to an acknowledging of what actually God has done for you. Think about this, you know. Some folks will think that the best thing to thank God for could be a new house or a new car, all right, or a new job. Now, those things are good. Hallelujah. But the truth about it is that, amen, the house that is new today, in five years, is no longer new. The car that is new today, in 10 years, is no longer new. So if your ability to give 10 is dependent, on things, you will never give God thanks. You understand what I'm saying? You will never give God thanks. Because there's always going to be something newer and something shinier that you will want to have that you don't have. Hallelujah. All right. So when it comes to thanksgiving, our reason and our inspiration, motivation for giving thanks has to start from the things that are eternal. Amen. The things that are not transient. <coughs> the things that you cannot and we will never lose. Praise God. So you find that in scriptures, whenever thanksgiving was offered, it was usually offered in response to the faith of the people. It was um, offered in, uh, you know, in response to uh, the fact that in Christ Jesus, we are the temples of the living God. You understand? Now think about it. Your salvation should be the number one reason why you give your thanks. Salvation. <coughs> why? Because Salvation means, effectively, that your sins 
have been forgiven you. Is that correct? Come on, church, is that correct? It means your sins have been forgiven you. It means that, all right, if Jesus shows up today, amen, you are going to show up where? At his side. It is by the grace of God men are saved, and it is by the grace of God men receive salvation. Glory to God. All right, so if um, we have a proper understanding of what God has done, you will find out that our lives will be filled with thanksgiving, and we will not always focus on the, you know, on the things we do not have, but rather we focus on what? What we already, you know, what we already have. The lifestyle of many men is to focus on what they do not have, praise God, using the time that they do have, you understand, to complain about what they do not have. So, <laughs> in the end, you now find that they are not able to actually have a good existence because though they have good health, they are using good health to complain about a good house they do not have, all right, or a husband they have not received, or a wife that they, are, they don't have. Then when they have all of those things, because they spent, <coughs> sorry, a lot of their time complaining and living, you know, anxious lives, and um, I know you find out their health now, all right, is bad, okay, but now the things they were complaining about that they do not have, they now have it, but now the good health that they previously had, they do not have, so they will now start complaining about this health that they do not have. Are you following what I'm saying? So we have to have a better understanding and a better perspective of how to live our lives in such a way that is full of thanksgiving, full of appreciation of what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will yet do. Praise the Lord. So right now, I want everyone just say, lift up your hands and just say, thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, it says, in everything, give thanks. That culture, we must have that culture. Everything give thanks. Everything give thanks. Sometimes the people that God has done the most for do not realize that God has done a lot for them. You understand? So you find um, the woman that got married at 24 is complaining about something in her husband, <laughs> saying, oh, I wish I waited longer before I got married. Whereas there is a woman that is 35 or 36, 37, and I say, Lord, so far, he's a man. Give me, let me marry him. Do you understand that? You have those kind of things. Praise the Lord. You have a man who's complaining <coughs> that his wife gave birth to daughters. They have four children. All of them are daughters, females. I want a son. Have you noticed that thing? We, we seem to look for what we don't have and complain about that thing we don't have and just use that what we don't have, you know, to be miserable. Rather than focusing on what we do have. Hallelujah. Okay, you have boyfriend, you are dating somebody. Somebody saw you and said you are fine and toasted you and said I want to marry you. But you are not complaining that he does not have money like somebody else has money. Praise God. But you are forgetting that of what the guy does have. You are not, he's not likely to cheat on you. Praise God. When you go to bed, you are not thinking that he's somewhere partying with somebody else. No, you don't have all those kind of problems. The only issue is he doesn't have money yet. Hallelujah. Yet, you will now make that money that he does not have the, the number one topic. That's not wisdom. So, what a lifestyle of thanksgiving does for us 
is that it corrects our vision and it adjusts our perception such that we are able to see things as they actually, all right, should be seen. Okay? A lifetime of thanksgiving is also going to give you good health, as I'm going to show you from scriptures today. It's going to give you good health. It's going to help you in such a way that, you know, all this hypertension and diabetes that is, you know, you know troubling your family, you're not going to have it because, you see, all right, the man who has, who has thanksgiving and his lifestyle doesn't just worry. It's not filled of with anxiety and worry. There are some people that are worrying champions. Okay, they, if there's a champion's link on anxiety and worry, they are going to win it. They are always looking for what to worry about. Praise the Lord. Always having restless leg syndrome, always shaking legs, shaking head, <coughs> worrying about something. A lifetime of thanksgiving robs you of that. Let's look at some of the scriptures as, and, as we go on. Praise God. Say again, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. So the man who gives thanks, all right, is the one that has gotten a culture, has a culture of understanding that ultimately God's will is the best and preferred above all. Okay? Thanksgiving must have the eternal gifts and blessings of God as the inspiration and not mundane things. So if you turn your Bible to Colossians chapter number 1, Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 3 to 4. Praise God. And you know, our, our mindset as believers have to be corrected about many things. For example, someone comes out here and says, um, Brethren, I just want to thank God. Last week I got a job that paid me $10 million every single month. We are going to love it, right? $10 million. You say, wow, praise God. Amen. You know, ah, let's give God thanks because it's $10 million. Praise the Lord. But what if maybe in two years he loses that job? Do we give thanks then? You understand what I'm saying? All right. So it's our thanksgiving to God because thanksgiving is supposed to be sacrifice of praise to God. Thanksgiving is supposed to be our worship to God. So it's our thanksgiving to God dependent on what we get and what we don't get. If it is dependent of death, of what we get and what we don't get, then it is no longer worship. Hallelujah. It becomes a response to situations, circumstances, and all that. But when we begin to have the mindset that no matter what happens, Thanksgiving is my response to no matter what happens, then it changes every single thing. Remember Job? Job lost a lot of things, all right? Uh, lost his kids, lost his property. But in every single thing that went around Job, the Bible said that Job never cursed God, all right? Job blessed the name of the Lord, all right? Despite what was going through, you know, what was happening in his life. That is the mindset a believer should have. In all these things, I give thanks. Praise God. <coughs> all right, Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Let us start. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 2 to 4. Are we there? <coughs> Can we read 1 to 8? Says what? To the saints and faithful brethren, which are at Colossae, uh-huh, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord... All right, next verse. Everybody read. It says what? Praying always for you. Now, it says we give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praying always for you. Now, why did he give thanks? Next verse, it says what? <coughs> Since we were head of your faith in Christ Jesus. Uh-huh. And for the love which you have for all the saints. So, why did he give thanks? He gave thanks because he head of their faith in Christ. 
Why is he giving thanks for their faith? Not because of their material possessions. Because their faith in Christ is eternal. It will never what? It will never dissipate. So what I give God thanks for will always remain. It's not going to come and go. Are you following? So in our lifestyle of thanksgiving, we must make sure we prioritize giving God thanks for the things that are eternal and not the things that are mundane. Praise the Lord. Now let's keep reading. Next to the next verse, what does it say? Notice that it says, For the what? Hope which is laid up for you we are in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16. Hallelujah. So you, you wake up and say, Father, I thank you for the salvation of my soul. Father, I thank you for I have the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for all my sins have been forgiven. Are you following that? That's what you should thank God for. That is where your thanksgiving should start from. Hallelujah. <coughs> because if you have that culture of, hey, I'm going to thank God for the things I will never lose. Praise God. You wake up in the morning and say, Father, I thank you for making me wake up this morning. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for no matter what, hallelujah, I have eternal life in you. Are you following what I'm talking about? So it changes your what? Perspective. So someone come and say, ah, why, 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 why should I thank God? Nigeria is hard. Why should I thank God? You are missing the point. Oh, glory to God. Apostle Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, rejoice. All right. All right. Again, and they say, I say, rejoice. He was talking, I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. This is Paul. Now, at the time when Paul wrote, rejoice in the Lord uh, always, and again, I say, rejoice, he was in prison. In fact, the book of, the book of Philippians was written in prison. Paul was in prison in the intention. All right? He was, his leg was handcuffed. His hand was handcuffed. <coughs> and we find out that he had to dictate the letter to someone who wrote it. And that person wrote it and took it to the Philippian church. Yet, in that state, he's talking about rejoicing. Which means that rejoicing for the Christian or giving thanks for the Christian is not because situations are perfect. It's not because everything is okay. Hallelujah. No, it is irrespective of what the situations, whether things are good or things are bad, your response should be constant. You know, the kind of Christianity some of us sometimes, many of us practice, is a jolly, jolly Christianity where we thank God because things are good then we complain when things are bad. That is not Christianity. <coughs> Christianity is irrespective of what is going on around you. There is an attitude this Christian has. Glory to God. Uh, now, guys, how many of you have ever heard of a thermostat before? Let me see your hand. Thermostat? Okay. Now, what is the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat? A thermometer measures the temperature. Is that correct? So that means uh, if it is hot, the thermometer tells you it is hot. If it is cold, the thermometer tells you it's what it is cold. But you see, a thermostat doesn't measure the temperature. The thermostat regulates the temperature. Praise the Lord. So the thermostat will say, okay, oh, it's cold. Let us put some heat here. It's hot. Let us bring some cool air in, in here. That's how the Christians would be. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. That's how the Christian should be. 
So Thanksgiving, number one, remember we said Thanksgiving, all right, should be done, all right, with the mindset of the things that God has done for us in Christ. Basically, we are saying the motivation for motivation or the inspiration for giving thanks must be eternal things. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Everybody read one to go. It says what? <coughs> Wherefore I also, after I heard of, uh-huh. Notice why he gave thanks. Your faith, amen, and your love for the saints. That was why he was giving thanks for them. Praise the Lord. Let's look at another scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. Don't mind me. After um, the mission outreach was our last time, I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to rest. So my body has been fighting me and saying, rest, rest. Don't worry, after this service, I'll go and find a place to rest. I'll lock myself up from my, my lovely wife and my two children. <laughs> I'll sleep well. <laughs> All right, first Thessalonians chapter one. Uh-huh. Can we read First Thessalonians one, two to three? Is that correct? Oh yeah, let's read it. What does it say quickly? Mm-hmm. Yes. Notice it says, remember without ceasing your work of faith and your what? The of God. So you see that what he's giving God thanks for are what? Spiritual things. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The church of Jesus Christ, all right, must be a place where we celebrate spiritual things over material things. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Yeah, it must be. It must be a place where we celebrate spiritual things over material things. There should be no place where we do not put too much emphasis on material things like church. Because if in church we are obsessed with the same things unbelievers are obsessed with, then that means we have not yet been redeemed yet. We have not yet been what? Saved yet. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. In, in scriptures, you find out very, very clearly that there is a emphasis on the material and a an emphasis on the spiritual. So you find that Christian conduct, Christian love, Christian faith is put at the forefront over and above, you know, all right, material things. Because if that is not the case, what will happen is you are going to raise believers, amen, who are at the mercy or who are slaves, glory to God, of material things. And that's not God's plan and that's not God's will. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let us just go ahead and, 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 and look at this a bit more. So, consistently, we are seeing that what Thanksgiving is made for is for the eternal and not the transient. Okay? And the goal, all right, of believers and, and those who are in Christ must be, what are, do I have in Christ eternally that I will never lose, that I must continually and consistently give God thanks for? Praise God. Now, let's look at prayer and thanksgiving. You cannot pray effectively if your prayer is not seasoned with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving must be, how will I put it? Before you ask, 
<laughs> there must be that mindset that I am asking a God who has already answered me. Are you following that? So if you are coming to God in prayer, you are not coming to a grumpy God who is saying, I don't want to answer you. You need to beg me for me to No, 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 no. That's not what you are doing. You are coming to a willing God who is willing to what? To answer whatever request you bring towards him. Praise God. So when you come to God in prayer, you must come to him with thanksgiving. You say, Father, I thank you. You know, Jesus Christ, when he was standing in front of the, uh, what do you call it now? He was standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus. What, what did he, what did the Bible tell us? He was standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus and he says, Father, I thank you for your what? Always hear me. I thank you for you always hear me. That is a thanksgiving mind, uh, approach. I thank you for you always hear me. Always hear me. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. I thank you that you always hear me. God is not the one stopping you from getting answers to prayer. God is not your enemy. God is not against you. Glory to God. Jesus shows us in the way he prayed. <laughs> I wish some, the way some people pray, you think as though God is the one they are fighting. Father, you have to do it. Father, I'm commanding you now. <laughs> my Lord and my God. My Father, my Father, you must do it now. <laughs> do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Ah, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it now. Do it. Do, do it. God is not, is not the one that doesn't want to do it. He's on your side. Hallelujah. God is on my side. Thanksgiving helps you understand that. Father, I thank you for you always hear me. Father, I thank you for you have already answered my prayer. No, we to God. And look at Philippians 4, 6. Everybody really wants to go. He says what? Be careful for what? <coughs> uh-huh. But in everything, by what? Prayer and what? Uh-huh. Now, now, you know that word when it says be careful for nothing? That word careful actually means anxious. Amen. Be anxious for nothing. I don't know, maybe, you know, I don't know how many of you have had a bill that is due and you don't know how it's going to be paid. How many of you have you ever been in that sort of situation? Maybe you have rent or something. Then all of a sudden you are, how will this money come on? How will this money be paid, though? Hallelujah. Then you now begin to, the devil now begins to paint pictures of, they are going to put your load outside. If you're a student, they will call your name on assembly ground. Hallelujah. Now, as a pastor, let me tell you some things I'm always, there's anxiety. Sometimes anxiety comes in to try to <coughs> attack my mind. Rent for our various centers. All right. So maybe if this, this venue's rent is due, you understand? Then I'm looking at it, I'm like, hmm, how are we going to pay that? How are we going to pay that? How are we going to pay that? You see what? Let me tell you something. Anxiety is, uh, how would I put it now? Is a fee the devil charges you. Okay? It's a fee the devil charges you to rob you of your happiness. 
Because whether you are anxious or you are not anxious, what is going to happen? It will what? Praise the Lord. What will happen with what? So anxiety does not help you. It adds nothing to it. Jesus Christ said that there is no one that by worrying can increase his height. Pastor Victor, can you increase your height? You understand? No. Praise God. If my wife comes and says, <coughs> babe, I don't like people that are not six foot tall. You understand? We need to, we need to discuss this marriage. Except you can add like four inches to your height. If I start I'm worried, oh, she's my lady because of my height, oh, does it make me grow taller? No. So anxiety does nothing. So Paul says, be anxious for what? But in what? Everything. By what? Prayer and what? Supplication. With what? Make your request known to God. So, what I'm supposed to do, instead of being anxious, is to go to God in prayer, outline what I want, praise God, <coughs> and while I'm outlining what I want, I should thank God that what I asked him for, he will what? He supply. Glory to God. Look at this, guys. See, God is not a hustler. He's my father. Right? How many of you go to your father like this? Everybody look at me. You want to ask your father for something. And you say, Daddy. Daddy. You have to hope, give it to me now. Give it to me now. 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 Give, now, give, give, now. Give it to me now. 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 Is that what you do? Come on, guys. Is that what you do? <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> Hallelujah. You give it to me now in the name of, in the name of Jesus. Give it to me now, 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 now. Glory to God. Then Jesus calls something vain repetition. We now begin to repeat it. All right. Oh Father, my, my Father, my Lord, my Father, my Lord. My, yeah. <laughs> we now think that because we said it hundred times, He will do it faster. Because we don't understand that God is actually our father. Amen. And the mindset many of us have, because if you think about it, my own father, my own earthly father, if I asked him for something, don't say, Dad, I need this. He'll respond immediately. Is that not it? Come on, is that not it? Yeah. So if, if my own earthly father will respond immediately to what I ask him for, why will my heavenly father, who loves me more than my earthly father, all right, Take more time. It's because we do not understand that God, as great as He is, is actually our own Father. Praise the Lord. So when we understand that God is our Father, it affects how we ask. Then it affects how we talk to Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is not Shango or Shokono. Amen. All right. He's not talk. Amen. He is your Father. He, he gave birth to you. So when you are talking to him, talking to him, Father, I just want to thank you for you always hear me. Let's practice it. Because I know some of you have not prayed like that before. The way you pray always is uh, any father in my, any demon in my father's house, militating against my destiny. What are you waiting for now? <coughs> any masquerades. 
dancing in the market square of my life. Uh, what are you waiting for? <laughs> That's what. <laughs> so you don't have to pray this way. Let's pray. Let's, let's pray together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the love you have for me. And I thank you for you always hear me. So, Lord, I declare all blessings and all I need for life and godliness is in me now, and it's mine now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. When we ask, we should ask and walk in the consciousness that what we ask for, we have already what? Received. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is not against you. God is what? For you. Now, let me also add this. In prayer, you are not trying to convince God to give you something. Do you know something that I found out with God that is amazing? In that, you know, the person who puts the desire inside of you to ask for what you are asking is actually God. The Bible says, for God is the one at work in you to will and to do of his work, <coughs> of his good pleasure. So many a times, what you are asking for, that desire, you know that, oh, you just have this desire to get married. You didn't have it before. God will be the one that put it inside there. Hallelujah. So, stop praying as though you are trying to convince God to make him see why he should. You understand what I'm saying? Ah, God, don't you understand? No, no. He is on your side. Praise God. So, prayer must be offered with what? Thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Let's look at it quickly. Just have a few more minutes. <coughs> Colossians 4, 2. You know, sometimes, the sermons I preach, when I don't feel great in my body, they usually are the greatest sermons. Someone just come and say, ah, that sermon really blessed me, Pastor. I'm like, eh, ah. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Are we there? Everybody read one, two, three. It says what? Continue in prayer and watch in the same with what? Read it again. Continue what? And watch in the same. What is he talking about? So you continue in prayer. Okay, that means you're praying, making requests, fellowshipping with God. All right. But as you pray, you are also supposed to watch. Now, let me also state that <coughs> the month of um, July, our focus for Sundays, um, Sundays is prayer. All right, it's called Divine Encounter, but we're going to be praying for most of um, um, the Sundays. All right, because I'm going to be teaching you as what to do, the laws of prayer, how to pray effectively. Then also, after you have prayed, what you are supposed to do between prayer watches. All right, so be between the time you've prayed, what are you supposed to do? How do you watch? What do you watch out for? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you watch out for? Now, so it says, continue in prayer and watch in the same. Watch in the same. With what? Thanksgiving. So, this is one of the ways you are going to know whenever, or are you going to know when you are praying amiss? When you begin to pray, hallelujah, but there is a lot of complaining in your heart. There is a lot of insatisfaction or dissatisfaction in your heart. And you are not able to give thanks, all right, that that which you are requesting, all right, God for, you already have the answer. All right. So, 
Thanksgiving is actually one of the best ways to measure uh, the receptivity of your heart to receive answers in prayer. Thanksgiving. 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 What you cannot thank God for receiving, you most likely will not see manifested. Praise the Lord. Yeah. What you cannot thank God for receiving. You know that <laughs> most times what you can't thank God that, oh, Father, I thank you for you have heard me. The reason why you can't say that is because you believe he has not heard you. Amen. <laughs> All right. Because what you say, Father, I thank you for you have, for you have answered this. You are saying that because you already see the answer. Jesus already saw Lazarus standing outside of the tomb. So he said, I thank you for you have, always, you have heard me. For you always heard me. Hear me. Praise God. All right. The man who gives God thanks is a man that has a mindset of God always hears me. Amen. God always what? Hears me. You don't need to scream for God to hear you. You don't need to shout for God to hear you. There's nothing wrong with shouting in prayer. Amen. All right. I remember there was a time I, was, I, was, I saw something on social media and some people were kind of like criticizing some Christians that were overtly dramatic when they were praying. <coughs> so they, these guys pray 12 hours, you know, and we do that from time to time here also. And we were like, oh, because somebody was being dramatic and somebody was being, you know, speaking in tongues and, and, and somebody was, you know, we were mocking them and, and, and I was wondering what, was, what, what they were mocking. There's nothing, you don't mock fervency. Fervency in prayer is fine. But God does not hear us because we are loud. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. No. God doesn't hear us because we are loud. He doesn't hear us because we are shouting. <laughs> Glory to God. You say, shout louder so God will hear you. No, it's not death. Hallelujah. All right. He, can, he hears the whisper. Praise the Lord. All right. But fervency is very good because what fervency does is fervency expresses our hunger. Hallelujah. For the manifestation we want to see. Fervency expresses, glory to God, our, uh, it, gives, it gives a picture of uh, the disposition of our hearts concerning what we are praying about. Are you following what I'm saying? So, for example, I, 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 it, it, when you're praying, you're asking people to pray for Nigeria, you will find out that they, they are not as fervent as when you are saying they should pray against enemies. You know what I'm saying? So when you say, <coughs> let us pray for Nigeria, pray for our leaders, people just go, Father, we just want to worship you. We pray for Nigeria, bless them, bless the leaders. Lord, thank you, Father. So people pray for Nigeria as a prelude to the actual praying. Are you following what I'm saying? So when I say now we want to unleash an intercontinental ballistic missile against all the enemies of our father's house. Hey, everybody begins to take positions. What is going on? It is revealing the disposition of their hearts to what we are what? Praying about. So though God does not respond based on how loud we are or how fervent we are in praying. All right, how fervent we are in praying shows how important what we are praying about is. <coughs> Praise God. Okay, now let's wrap this up. Thanksgiving is an offering. Please now don't have your around, so we're going to give time to praise God. All right, Thanksgiving is an offering, it's a sacrifice of praise. Look at Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. 
Jonah chapter 2 and verse 9. All right, what does it say? Jonah 2 and verse 9. Are you there? Then you can write down Psalm 116 and verse 17 and Psalm 100 verse 4. Do not when I say this, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Now see that, read it with me again. It says what? But I will what? Sacrifice unto thee with the word. So that means voice of thanksgiving. When we thank God with our voice, we are offering a what? A sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, they offered sacrifice of bulls and goats. In the New Testament, we offer what? Sacrifices of praise. Everybody say sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. So when we sacrifice, where we thank God and praise the Lord, there is it's an incense of praise, an incense of worship that arises from our hearts to the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, Let's write this down quickly as we close. Seven blessings of thanksgiving. Seven blessings of thanksgiving. First thing thanksgiving does, the lifestyle thanksgiving does is this. It dissolves anxiety. It dissolves anxieties. Are you anxious about something? Yeah, start thanking God for that thing you're anxious about. <laughs> for me, if there's a ministry need uh, that anxiety wants to creep him out, I begin to thank God that it is met. And it's usually always met. Glory to God. Glory to God. Or it's usually always met. Now, there's a place of financial stewardship and wisdom. You are not supposed to be living in your house, in a house that you need prayer to pay the rent. <laughs> Amen. Let's bring some balance in it. You earn 300,000 naira. Your rent. You earn 300,000 naira per month. Your rent is 3.6 million. <coughs> what you need is not prayer. What you need is a new apartment. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. Brother, you're dating this lady and you are praying and fasting and speaking in tongues on buying a Brazilian hair. How much do you earn? 150K. How much is the Brazilian air? One is 600,000 air. And she's telling you that if you love her, you find a way. <laughs> yes, there's a way you need to find. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a way. But it's not a way for the air to be bought. <laughs> it's a way out <laughs> of that relationship. Glory to God. Or sister, you're dating a guy. And this guy is always, you know, I'm never, you know what idea ball is. Idea ball in football. The guy that's always trying to play an idea pass, you know. Okay, so now there are some guys that are just idea guys. They don't, they don't have a job. They don't have a business. They just have ideas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh boy. They just wake up in the morning and just say, hmm. No, imagine. <laughs> imagine that motorcycle just become car. <laughs> then I be call helicopter. That's the kind of business I want to do. You know, ideas. They just have ideas. 
This lady, the lady they are talking to is going to work. But they are always talking ideas. They always live in a, in a cuckoo land, you understand? In a place far, far away. <laughs> That's where they always live. Praise the Lord. And they will be building the... Listen to me. There are some... Look, you find a way out. It's not prayer you need. You don't need fasting. You don't need divine intervention. Some things is wisdom intervention that you need. Seven blessings of thanksgiving. Number one, it dissolves anxiety. Whatever you are worrying about, start thanking God about it. Hallelujah. Start thanking God about it. Jesus thanked God for five loaves and two fish that was not enough to feed 5,000. It became enough. Thanksgiving. There's power in thanksgiving. There's power in praise. <coughs> Second blessing of thanksgiving. It keeps us filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk in wine when it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5, 18. All right. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. Spiritual understanding. All right. Speaking to each other in psalms, in spiritual. You know, those things. Very important. It keeps us filled with the Spirit. The third lesson of thanksgiving is that it assures our hearts before God. Assures our hearts before God. Number four, it stirs our faith in God's ability. Stirs our faith in God's ability. Number five, reads our hearts of fear. You want to read the book of Psalms, you see Jesus' thanksgiving. By my God, I run through a tree. By my God, I leap over a wall, over the wall. That, that's, that, that's, that's the psalm. Glory to God. Number six, we cast our hope and our faith on the perfect will of God. What should be our response to when bad things happen? Bad things, I mean bad things in, in quotes. Let's say a relationship broke, you lost a job, you lost an admission. What should be your response? You give thanks. Amen. <coughs> do you know why I say you should give thanks? Why the scripture tells us to give thanks? It's very simple. The reason why you should give thanks is this. You do not know, most times, eh, when bad things happen, your interpretation of it being bad is based on your short-sightedness. Sometimes, what you are calling bad, everyone is saying, this is really good. Glory to God. Like to me, when somebody I dated for four years broke up from me, I thought it was the worst day of my life. But while I was crying and listening to love songs <laughs> and speaking to Sonida, you something my love, you need something something. Everyone was rejoicing. Praise God. Why? Because most times what we cry and complain about and call bad is usually based on our society. You applied for a visa, it didn't come through. And you are crying that God failed you on top of visa to one other person's country. How do you know whether the time you landed there, there was not going to be, you're talking about, oh, they didn't give you visa to America. Oh my God. 
you are crying. You don't say you go to church because you fasted, you sow seed, but the visa did not drop. And you are angry. You don't know whether if they gave you that visa. The, the week you land like this, you will say you are going to the mall. You want to go and buy biscuit and be taking picture in the mall. One white person that his head is not okay will carry God and begin to spray everybody in the mall. You know that God, that's what God delivered you from. That is why, <coughs> because of the unknown, what you don't know, have the wisdom and humility that if I have prayed about something and I've asked God about something and the other thing happened that did not align what I was expecting, leave room for God. Because you don't have more, you don't have sense than Him. Thank you. That your thanksgiving is you saying, even though what has happened, I don't understand it too, but I am choosing to trust. So if there is a perfect language, a perfect expression of faith in God, it's thanksgiving. That's why I always tell you that thanksgiving and praise is a language of perfect faith. Hallelujah. What did I say? Thanksgiving and praise is a language of what? Perfect faith. If you do not understand it, don't be anxious and don't fret. Give God thanks. What do I say? Give God. Give God thanks. Glory to God. Give God thanks. Even in the place of people dying, maybe a relative goes and dies and all that. Hallelujah. Listen to me. We also also have to have the right perspective. We don't want people to die young. And many times when people die, you know, it's not God's will. But we must never get to a point where grief drives us to the place where we now begin to walk in unbelief because people died. Amen. So when it comes to a particular, just say, Father, Lord, I don't understand this, but I choose to give you thanks. Because I acknowledge that there is a part of this I don't yet understand. But you understand. So I am trusting in your own understanding of this matter. Because I know you are good. You are kind. And all the thoughts you have towards me are thoughts of what? Good. And not of what? When you have that kind of mindset, you are going to deliver yourself from unnecessary ills, deliver yourself from unnecessary pressure, deliver yourself from unnecessary heartache. Because if there is one thing I want you to know, more than anything is this. You do not love you more than God. God is more in love with you than you are in love with yourself. And you cannot want what is best for you more than God wants what is best for you. So, live your life resting in his continually good thoughts and good plans for you. Have you learned something this morning? I said, have you learned something this morning? Even from this broken vessel who just made it through this sermon. But I, I hope you've learned something. So rise up everybody and let us begin to give God thanks. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel 
using the link t.me slash oikia cc. God has blessed you.